liftoff and the clock has started. Welcome to That Pixel Life. This is episode 196, recording June 20th, 2022. My name is Zach Anderson. This week we have a Xenoblade Direct on the horizon. And Activision, you guys, did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong at all, according to Activision. Uh, Capcom and Final Fantasy showcases are on the docket and more. To do this, I have with me Shannon, who needs lower bass back discs anyway more Hmm, hello yeah i uh threw my back out on saturday uh and then decided to double down uh and slipped going down my stairs after i'd already hurt my back like you know just hobbling down the stairs uh and uh took the express route down oshitsville and uh you know just hurt my back even more so yeah, we're we're still waiting for the uh, the results to come back on what's going on with my back. I am on some muscle relaxers right now, so I cannot guarantee that I'm going to have the hottest of takes. But um, yeah, thanks for having me on this week. I can't wait for your takes. I <laughs> I just can't wait. Um, also joining us as always, Justin Dog Dad Carter. I know it's your boy. I know Happy Father's Day to my other two boys. You know, I oh, hope you guys. You. I hope you guys had some great Father's Days. Besides, you know, Shannon eating shit down the stairs. Shannon's a living Family Guy skit. <laughs> Giant chicken shows up, just starts beating the shit out of him. <laughs> Damn, I need to get a chicken costume. Uh, yeah, no, my, my Father's Day was rad. My brother-in-law is a professional chef, a high-end chef, and dabbles in really amazing barbecue. So he uh, broke out some insane tri-tip and like baby back ribs that he smoked himself over the course of like 12 hours. It was insane. It was ridiculously good. Could you get him to make some like, what? It, what is it called? That uh, The barria or barria? Barria. Barria, yeah. Completely different type of food, but I'll ask. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, he's a professional chef. He should be able to cook anything, right? I mean, he... If I gave it to him, he probably would go, sure, let me try, but yeah. I was like, uh, there is a, a taco place near me called AZ Taco King, and they have the best, like, Bria I've ever had in my life, and they also, they're beans. I'm a connoisseur of some good refried beans, mm-hmm, and they have, mm-hmm. Megan hates beans, she loves their beans. Like, she constantly talks about their beans, and it's like, if she likes their beans, then you know they're fucking amazing beans. I don't um, think it's that she doesn't like beans, I just think it's what, she doesn't like what they do to your body. Like you specifically, like you're just toots, toots plenty. Yeah, toots no, plenty. I mean that is a, that's why usually after AZ Taco King, she sleeps in the other room. <laughs> the, the two pints of beans, I'm like, dude, you do not want to. Even Oswald Zane in the room, he's like, dude, fuck this, and hides under the bed because he's like, dude, I don't want any part of what's going on under the, the comforter I, there. I, I guarantee you, they cook that shit in like 100% lard. You know, like that's. Uh, Usually when it's the best flavor you've ever had, it's the worst for you. Every time. Every time. Like without fail. It's like, oh my God, this is so delicious. Yeah, we cook it in 100% fat. 
Like, oh, that's why. Okay, got yeah. it. And every time, you know, after we're done eating there, you know, it's great when you have to like speed driving home because you're like, gotta go to the bathroom, gotta go to the bathroom, gotta go after you eat there. <laughs> so, Instantly. Wait, are you sure this place isn't Taco Bell? No, because see, that's the uh, oh, oh shit, that's see, th- I'm talking like good, like oh my god, it was so good, but then it goes right through. Taco Bell is the uh, I have five dollars in my pocket and I'll regret it later. You know, okay, yeah, you I will. think I think we need to stop real quick. We need to stop the the false narrative that Taco Bell is cheap because y'all Taco Bell ain't cheap anymore. <laughs> like last time I went there. A couple weeks back, maybe I got three things for myself and it cost me like $9. Like y'all, when I was a kid, I'm aging myself here, but we were talking when, when I was in high school in the nineties, like three things was like $3, you know, like tacos themselves were like 69 cents. Yeah. I mean like my senior year, we had a party at my friend uh, Don's house and, uh, we had maybe like 60 people there and we ordered like maybe 200 tacos from Taco Bell and it cost us maybe like 75 bucks. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's the type of deal it was in 98. I don't know what it is now, but uh, but yeah, it's it's I mean, I will admit I usually get the beefy five layer burrito and I mean, that shit's like four dollars and some change. So yeah. it's like I get two of those and then like something else and it's easily like that's like 10 bucks right there. <laughs> Dude, everybody's about that Mexican pizza right now. Like uh, that that Taco Bell Mexican pizza. They sold out. They 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 said that they're, in the words of Taco Bell, no mas. <laughs> you can't live mas anymore. You cannot live mas. Yeah, the Mexican pizza. We're all out of mas. <laughs> oh man, una mas, no mas. Uh, una mas is garbage. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we all know that, but. <laughs> but they're like, may it interest you in some nacho fries. No, no, you do not. <laughs> the the toasted cheddar chalupa, though, yeah, yeah, I'm d- I'm down. I'll get, I'll get down with the toasted cheddar chalupa. Oh, dude, they had a crunchy steak burrito thing there that was not, that's been discontinued. That thing was bomb. I would buy that thing with jalapenos in the inside, and then it had like a cheesy quesadilla like melted around the outside. I mean, my heart is seizing just thinking about it. But that was some glorious food. Dude, remember the Incheritos? Mm-hmm. All about the Inchorito back in the day. Yep. It was bomb. Um, yeah, I think it's insane, though, when Taco Bell is just like, we're going to do some random shit, like throw flaming hot Cheetos in this burrito or whatever, and like, and people buy it. And then they're like, yeah, just kidding, suckers. Like, <laughs> like wait, what? No, we, everyone wanted that. Why, yeah. why are you I getting mean, rid of this? I was like, bro, I was pioneering that shit back in like 2009. Yeah. <laughs> The pioneering spirit of one Justin Carter. <laughs> um, Some would say his game developing expertise <laughs> started yes. with Taco Bell. But, you know, you got to solve the equation of getting to the bathroom in the fastest <laughs> path possible. Wait, are we developing a game? This could be a game. Justin. It has to have moss in the title. <laughs> yeah. no, that, is, that is what we'll call the game is live moss. <laughs> This is all copyright, copyright, copyright. Um, TM, 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 TM. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll call the game Live Moss, and you have X amount of dollars to buy X amount of food with. And then, depending on the speed and frequency of consumption of said food items, you have a limited timer 
to get to the bathroom. But see, the thing is, is that's how you can change your level design is the bathroom. Some will be locked. Some will, someone will be occupied, already blown up. You know, it'll be like a quick time event where you like you have to keep from pooping on the floor. Yeah, yeah, totally. And for the loading screen in the bottom right corner, it'll have the mild hot and Diablo hot sauce packets kind of like dancing. And then it has all those (laughs) shitty quotes on the hot sauce packets for like the (laughs) tips and tricks. And then your difficulty level, like easy will be like teenager setting because their metabolisms and like intestinal Mm -hmm. tracks are like indestructible and then like hard will be like middle age because like the minute you eat one of those things when you're our age you just have to shit your brains out like right away <laughs> so and then you know, there's change the timer and then there's the a mini game hidden in there where it's the where you drop the quarter down and you have to land it on the thing to get a free taco <laughs> the bottom. Yeah, but, yeah, all, yeah. but all the water's out of it so it just falls like straight down yeah. <laughs> this is this is glorious this is a great game i mean we just yeah we just made a whole game in like two minutes yeah Good job, guys. Live, live, Moss. Uh, yes, I don't even know where to go from there. I'm so distracted now. Um, I can't help but live, Moss. I'm sorry. Uh, so, why don't we talk about uh, while we have semi cognizant Shannon? Why don't we talk about Shannon's upcoming game of the year, uh, which we're going to be getting a direct for. June twenty mm-hmm. second, so two mm-hmm. days from now, at ten mm-hmm. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Odds are low. Shannon will be back at work at then, so we'll probably be watching it live. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> I I knew this can this horrible disc was was good for something. Um, all right, Xenoblade Chronicles Three Nintendo Direct, uh, June twenty second, ten a.m. It's going to be about twenty minutes long. So I think we're going to get a whole breakdown of the game and the systems and and so on and so forth. Uh, they've had a trailer out for a while. Uh, Shannon, your hype levels, uh, dude. I'm stoked. I'm ready for it. Uh, I want it all. Uh, but it's ten o'clock Eastern time. It's seven o'clock Pacific. So like anybody on you know in California wants to watch this, they got to get up at seven o'clock and and do their thing. Luckily, the pain in my back is going to keep me awake, so I'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for it. Um, mildly hallucin, pro- probably hallucinating a little bit, so uh, it'll be fun to see what happens. But I'm in. I want to see more about this world. I want to see more about the blades. If there's going to be blades, if there's you know what what we're doing in this uh, in this world, because. I loved Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I liked the open worldness of it. I liked, you know, getting your feet underneath you and getting your your teeth kicked in by like strong monsters in the world that you're like, oh, I don't, I probably shouldn't go over there. Or I need to, I can't just run right through the middle of this map because there's stuff that will mess me up. Um, I like that. uh, And I want more of that. So I'm all, I'm all in. I want to see it all. Now, what, um, you know, when they had the big jump from Xenoblade Chronicles 1 to 2, mm-hmm. uh, which, you, which you've gone through before on here, which, you know, you talk about the improved systems and the battle system and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Are there any big jumps you are hoping to see from 2 to 3? Like, is there anything, like, I know 2 you threw 280 hours into, mm-hmm. but is there anything, like, that just kind of ground your gears the whole time about that game? Like, if, the, if it would just clean up this or just do that, it would be better? I- I would probably say like being able to um, navigate your menus was a little cumbersome. Um, so if they could streamline that, that'd be great. Uh, the, the The whole thing that kind of bums me about this is 
it's still going to be on like a seven-year-old console that needs an update, right? Um, the one big complaint for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was graphically, it didn't look as good between um, handheld mode and on the TV. Like the, it suffered when you were playing it on in a docked mode. Uh, there was also some latency between the controls and the dock mode, and I don't know like if that was a hardware problem or if that was mm -hmm. like a coding problem. Um, but there were some problems there as well. So if they could clean up uh, that um, you know that docked mode, I would play that on my TV and enjoy it probably a little bit more, and uh, you know maybe get a graphical bump there too. I don't know if that's possible, but you know I just kind of feel that this game. Um, is going to suffer from being on an older gen, you know, an older gen console. Yeah. But that's my only downside. Uh, cause it's a big, it's a big game. It's a big world and, uh, it's beautiful to look at if you're not moving, you know? Uh, but if you have to move and there's a lot of big things on the screen, there's going to be a lot of pop in and there's going to be a lot of, um, people that are going to be disappointed. It's a great thing to look at if you're not moving, unfortunate for a video game. Um, yeah, I need that to be a quote on the back of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 <laughs> on the box. Yeah, it, it's, it was unfortunate. Uh, that was the one thing. The, the one big gripe that everybody had about 2 is that it just didn't look as pretty as it could have been. Fair, fair. Uh, Just, Justin, you have any hype levels for this? No, I've never played any of the... This was more for Shannon. I know this Direct is for people like Shannon who have already given their hard-earned money to Nintendo and are just waiting for the launch and they're just sitting there wetting your palate a little bit, getting, you, getting those hype levels up since it's coming out pretty soon here in the next like few weeks. Mm -hmm. Now, do we think, though, that because they're doing this, there will not be any sort of summer Nintendo Direct? Like, I still think there will be. I think there will... I honestly, I'm expecting one probably, like, next month. There's been a lot of smoke. You know, there's been a lot of people uh, people in the know saying that, like, end of the month, like, the 29th is going to be a Nintendo Direct, but there's been no official announcements. And it just... I think it would make sense. I mean, Nintendo's got a pretty decent slate for the rest of the year with the Pokemons and whatnot. Um... But I mean, you know, I've, I've heard it thrown around, but like, I think announcing some sort of DLC for sports would be really nice, you know, like any sort of add-ons for those things or strikers or whatever. Um, but it seems like maybe give, maybe throw people a bone and give them a date for like Bayonetta or something. It's been years, like literally years, you know, like people like, People like me have given up that that game even is happening at this point, you know? Or Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> I mean... Like, now that we got Silk Song, that's what everyone's going to post. And now that, like, everyone knows that exists and that that is coming out at some point. And to be fair, too, that's something that they could show, too. You know, Microsoft yeah. showed it off, but in the next Nintendo Direct, I wouldn't be surprised if we got the Silk Song trailer, like, a different one. Now, that would be the coup for Nintendo, is if they could get the release date. There we go. Yeah, like they, Microsoft's they, like, yeah, we, you can show it, but Nintendo actually gets like the release date. You know, that would be the big pop. Well, I mean, the, and that's the other thing too is Nintendo's never really, you know, given too much advance notice of when they're going to do their their treehouse mm -hmm. events. 
So it wouldn't surprise me to see something come up a little later, uh, like maybe towards the end of the summer season, like going in the, the holiday rush and being like, hey, don't worry, guys. This is stuff that we have coming up um, for the end of the year that you guys might be interested in. So I don't know. I'm, I'm holding out that there's still going to be one more press conference that's going to be a Nintendo showcase. Well, I also know they've been releasing a lot more of the like N64 games and stuff out on their little emulator thing. So they, I'm sure they would love to cover that and be like, hey, here's you know Kirby and the Crystal Sign, no Pokemon Snap or whatever the first one just came out on it and whatever. So I'm sure they would love to promote that more. Yeah, but at the same time, like you're not you're not having a direct for that. Well, no, you know that's, that's that would a, be the filler. <laughs> that's, a, that's a press release, you know. Um, but the, uh, I mean, the, they have a ton of stuff. They just haven't announced anything. It's like, what what the hell has Odyssey team been building this whole time? You know, like what? Like, it's been a long time since we've had a 3D Mario game of of any sort of size or stature. You know, Bowser's Fury was a add on or like an experiment. You know, I mean, uh, I'd be sub- I, I mean, you could probably do another Paper Mario. I mean, it's been what. A year and a half, two years since Origami, uh, the Origami Princess or whatever came out. Or so, yeah. I mean, uh, I would like to see Nintendo. Uh, I mean, you're going to see Pokemon, right? Uh, that's that's going to be their next uh, treehouse. Like, like you think that? I mean, that's their big one. Like, that's the next like really big release for them. I also wouldn't honestly be surprised if uh, we get some maybe like free DLC or something for Kirby Forgotten Kingdom. <laughs> Like another like additional world or something like that, or you know something probably not like huge or maybe like one that's just like strictly like a, a co op world or something for like you and Waddle Dee do. I don't know, bro. Like I just it, that game feels like there's not a big option for DLC because you're gonna be so OP like with all those power ups you have on your character already. Like you go to a new island, you're just gonna <laughs> you're just gonna wreck shop. Um. Yeah, know. but it's like, I don't know, because like most of the Kirby games, and stuff, it's not usually even about like the difficulty or anything like that. Like most of like what's hard in the new Kirby game and stuff is like more finding, like finding stuff, like the little hidden stuff, like tucked away and like whatever for you to do Ugh. to get the, to get all the little, to collect all the little waddledees for the town. Waddledees suck. You take that back. <laughs> Let's not say things we don't mean, Shannon. <laughs> Sorry, it was the flex roll. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, it's the drug socket. I don't like, I don't like this version of Shannon when he's coming hard on Model D. <laughs> oh man, whatever. Next topic. Move on. Done with this. <laughs> oh, since you're done, uh, you know who else is done is Activision because uh, in an SEC filing this week uh, or last week, I should say, they. Uh, they recognize the allegations that California brought to them uh, from the Department of Fair Employment and Housing and also in the media and determined there was no evidence of any wrongdoing. In a quote, <laughs> contrary to many of the allegations, the board and its external advisors have determined there is no evidence to suggest that Activision Blizzard senior executives have intentionally ignored or attempted to downplay the instances of gender harassment that occurred and were reported. That work also has not unearthed any evidence directly or indirectly suggesting any attempt by any senior executive or employee to conceal information from the board. Outside advisors 
after exhaustive review, also determined the board never intentionally ignored or attempted to downplay the instances of gender harassment that occurred and were reported. Interesting that in this statement, I'm no longer quoting, by the way. Interesting in this statement, uh, they are saying those things totally happened. That Yeah, they, they occurred and reported. What they're really saying is like, oh, we didn't try to cover it up, y'all. That, that Really, that's... So, I kind of have a hard time accepting that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Especially, like, when your internal report is telling me that no one was covering anything up. It just seems like a real bad conflict of interest right across the board, just on, on its face. I was like, well, there was no evidence of it because, you know, they shredded it all. Yeah, right. To the court case. Like, yeah, they, or they, they, or they fired accused, everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> they were blatantly accused of, like, destroying documents and stuff like that, like, when they were going to court the first time. And it's like, yeah, and so you expect these are the same people that you're going to sit there and tell me, uh, well, we we dug a really deep and, you know, looked really hard for this stuff and we couldn't really come up with anything. And it's like, yeah, but did I doubt <laughs> very much so that I guarantee you ask people who actually work there that aren't trying to cover their asses and they'll probably tell you what's up. I'm just going to start calling them like Vought Industries because it just kind of seems like whatever they're doing over there is just trying to just, you know, cover everything up, ignore everything, do whatever they want. It's just like you were saying it like the whole time you were reading that, I was like, okay, well, they're not denying anything. Yeah. They're just kind of saying, yeah, we we took it at face value and we looked around and everybody said stuff and we listened to everybody. But, you know, we might have dragged our feet on this a little too long, but. I was we like, didn't bury anything. You have to know, a team of 12 to 15 highly skilled people chose those words very specifically for that to make oh. it to make it seem like they, they like they chose those words specifically to tell like, yeah, no, we didn't cover anything up, but we didn't find anything either. Yeah, I, I guarantee you no less than three full boardrooms of people had eyes on that statement before it ever saw the light of day. Yeah. And they all put their two cents in on it. So... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so breaking news, Activision is still a tire fire, you guys. And uh, no matter of nuh-uh, they're saying is going to change that. Because uh, <laughs> that's all we're getting now. And apparently my daughter is horrified by this news. Um, good <laughs> Lord, what is happening out there? Um, but yes, Activision still sucks. It's <laughs> They're the Diablo Immortal of companies <laughs> in more ways than one. And Diablo Immortal made like $200 million in like its first 24 hours of being online. So, yeah. It also uh, set a record for uninstalls, I saw. <laughs> but, you know, I also was one of those people that played for like up to 20 levels and was enjoying it. And then I was kept reading that like around level 30 is when the shakedown starts. When they, and it's probably when they determined like you're invested time wise into the game that you're going to keep going. And uh, that's when they start shaking you down for upgrades and time savers and all that type of stuff. And I went, you know, that was a great, that was a great like two hour experience I had with Diablo Immortal. <laughs> great. Uninstall. Move on with my life. Damn shame too. Because if they would have just charged me 15 to $20 for that game, I would have bought it. It was great. 
had a great time playing on the phone. It was, it was actually a wonderful phone mobile Diablo. Like it was great for that. And then knowing that a, I'd never get the best loot and B I would never stop seeing ads as long as I played it. Like just, it was more of that than anything. I would never buy anything, but I just know the pop-ups would be incessant. Or yeah, the, it just kills it for you. Yeah. Well, also I felt that the, um, the demon hunters or the demon hunter, um, mm-hmm. their ranged attacks were kind of hard to do. Um, they were God awful without a backbone or a Kissick or whatever yeah, you're using. Yeah. But I mean, they were still pretty annoying with the controller adapter for the phone. Um, you know, they just, I don't feel like they really kind of nailed that, um, that dynamic. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it kind of took it out. Uh, that that's where the fun left uh, for me. Like when I started trying to get all those abilities to land where I wanted them to go, that's what sucked. But yep, I'm out, I'm done. Yeah. So shame, shame. They had something there. Makes me wonder what Diablo Four is going to be. But. Well, they did. They did come out ahead of that because people were concerned about. It. They're like, whoa, 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 guys. We have to let you know. They're like, yeah, there's no. Uh, only microtransactions in Diablo 4 are just going to be cosmetic ones. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, you want yeah, that we'll You want it. that badass armor? You're going to pay for it. But whatever. They're scumbags. I hate them. Yeah. I mean, I still, I still have hope. I mean, we saw, we got that nice like glimpse of 4 or whatever during the one showcase Microsoft thing or whatever and it looks cool like I'm, I'm here for it but yeah I mean with all the bullshit around Immortal it does have me more concerned about it than I was previously totally I, that's that's where I'm at too it's like I went I was really looking forward to 4 and then all these Activision shenanigans happened and made me not real look forward to 4 all that much and then Immortal happened and I'm like ugh God damn, you're the worst. I'm just trying to figure out why there is excitement for Diablo 4 when all the classes are the same. Like, so there's no real switch up there. Maybe they're what they're adding one new class. Um, and I all the other classes are the same. It, it's funny because the changes they've made to it really make it seem more MMO like. You know, like you can really join up and do massive raids together and stuff like that. And that. that that sounds interesting as someone that's played an insane amount of Diablo three in my life and Diablo two before that, like, sure. That sounds awesome. These like, you know, enemies that take up half the screen and you need like 20 dudes to take it down. Like awesome. That sounds rad. You know, um, it sounds rad until you have like 10 dudes in the chat screaming at you because you're, they're not, you're not doing what they want you to do. And it doesn't make the game that much more fun. Okay. Look, you're the person that's usually yelling at everyone. <laughs> Dude, you can't keep bringing up the don't touch the alarm or don't open the door. <laughs> oh, I wasn't even going to bring that yeah. up. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to bring that up, but you did. So thank you. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I, I, sure. I get what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like, they got to do something to shake it up. You know? I mean, I'm excited also by like the open world aspect. They're like, Diablo mm-hmm. with like a Elden Ring kind of spin to it sounds awesome to me. Like, I mean, it worked for I think it worked for Breath of the Wild. It worked for 
Souls games, so I don't see why it couldn't work for Diablo if it's implemented well. Okay, so let's say it's just like the mobile game where like you walk into like a hub world and there's like hundreds of people just running around, standing in front of the 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 gem socketer and like the blacksmith and stuff like that. Are you going to be turned off by that, or are you going to be like, "Yep, this is a step in the right direction"? Well, usually you can walk through now, like. In Elden Ring and stuff, like, you know, you don't run in, like, the annoying part in Elden Ring was people leaving messages in front of ladders and shit like that. So when you go to <laughs> get up a ladder and you're, like, running from something, you're sitting there reading, like, finger butthole or whatever, <laughs> and you're just sitting there getting hit in the back as you're trying to grab the ladder. I, uh, eh, I don't know. Like, like we were saying before, though, it's, it's unfortunate that Activision's shenanigans have just kind of killed this series for me it's like you know like we were talking about during the uh during the xbox showcase i could care less about like overwatch 2 at this point you know and like sure the the movie was cool for the diablo 4 reveal but like if that had happened two years ago i would have been through the roof like diablo 4 hell yeah let's go and it said it was like oh cool necromancer's back all right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yeah it's just kind of it's a bummer you know it's a bummer that's all mm-hmm. um hey you know you know what else is a bummer final fantasy 7 is going to be three parts <laughs> and the second one isn't coming till next winter uh so yeah final fantasy 7 uh what are they even calling it justin rebirth is it rebirth yeah, rebirth. yeah i was like final fantasy 7 rebirth which is ironic since, you know, Shannon's going to be like 60 by the time it's done. <laughs> Ouch. My back, maybe, but not my, <laughs> not my, not my brain. Um, I, I mean, I'm excited that, you know, it, it's funny because when this, like the remake was talking about, like actually starting when like the first game came out and they were like, yeah, you basically just get out of Midgar at that point, And then that's the end of the first game. You're like, this is going to be like five or six like games like this is going to be like a series that's like five or six games long but to hear that it's only going to be three uh you know it's kind of like not as bad i guess it kind of makes things a little bit more palpable for me <laughs> um, well, well especially when that first the first part ends like literally what five hours into the first game or something like like in the original like mm-hmm. it's like it ends when you with with the midgar stuff and it's like there was what 80 hours of game left after that point in the, in the original. So, so that was a little scary when the game ended there and you're like, Oh, Oh, there's still so much to do. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll, 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 you, you are our final fantasy person here, Shannon. So I'll let you run point on this, but I, I also <laughs> was a little, I had hopes that maybe they had would chop it and condense it down to a uh, two parts mm-hmm. instead of a trilogy. But do you do you think that's the right amount? Are you scared that they're going to have to chop too much to to make it fit? I can already tell you they're going to chop a massive amount out of this. Um, I think they're going to streamline it to basically picking up like all of the characters that people know and love from the franchise. And I think a lot of the open world navigation, flying around, leveling up, like mm. stuff like that. I think that's going to get removed. And uh, I think it's going to be, yeah, like just a, a, a gutted, streamed down version. I think it's going to look pretty. 
And I think if they keep the controls the same as the, you know, as the, the first part, the uh, remake, I think it'll be, I think people will be happy with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it misses that nostalgia, right? Like that's what I loved about Final Fantasy seven is just flying around everywhere, having the random encounters. Of course, I had a lot of time back then to play those games and invest that kind of time. But I mean, we always consist, we always talk on this podcast about games that respect your time. And I think if they cut out that fluff and they give you the story that everybody knows and loves and they make it pretty and they make it, um, accessible to everybody i think you're going to have a pretty good franchise so what you're saying is you shouldn't hold your breath for a lot of sid in this one like <laughs> not, not a lot of airship travel no no there's yeah. going to be like a cinematic where like you're gonna you know get on the airship and go some go to some places and uh you'll see the airship when you quick travel and you you know go from town to town now, Justin, my question for you on this topic would be what comes out first? The third part <laughs> of this game or Kingdom Hearts 4? Fuck. <laughs> Man, look at him sweating. Look at him. I know. Look, I was he's like, he's really thinking about that one. Because I, I would honestly say probably the third part before Kingdom Hearts 4. Yeah, you think? Uh, I think so. Because right. I think... The, like development wise, I feel like for part two and three, like there's not going to be like a pause in it. Like they're just going to go from two into three or whatever. And they're not okay. going to. They took a stop. year between the first part and the uh, two years between the first part and the second part. I mean, that is true, but we're, we're talking 2025 for when part three comes out. Well, if they hold serve, so if they hold serve. What's funny is, so I was reading the thing and like, there's two things that it's like, one, they were like saying how you don't necessarily need to have played the first part to start playing the second part, which leads me to think I'm like, is there going to be like a previously on Dragon Ball Z 10 minute <laughs> fucking cutscene that you're going to watch in the, this one to try and catch you up without having to play the first part. But I also saw this one is only on PS5, which it should be. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, it's like, dude, is it going to be on PS4, PS5, and then the third part's going to be on PS6? Like at that point, because it's like people played the first part on PS4, and then people are sitting going to sit there and bitch that they can't get a PS5 to play the second part of this game that they. No, are no, please, please, in. please, Justin, it's going to be PS5, PS6 compatible. <laughs> they'll they'll straddle that line. You're right. Because, yeah, that's yeah. what they did for the first part. Exactly. So, exactly. Which is probably why there was the year gap, because then they had to sit there and up-res everything to PS5. I'm, and I don't have the story in front of me, but, uh, Shannon, aren't they bringing back Crisis Core too? I did heard something that? about that, but I didn't read anything about it. Yeah. So, I, I'll i be honest, I haven't played a lot of Final Fantasy. I did play Crisis Core, and that was one of my favorite games on the PSP, was Crisis Core. It was so Cri good. Crisis Core kind of ruled. Like, it was... Because, you know, to Shannon's point, it chopped out a ton of the fluff and the action was, like, really good. Yeah, and then, dude, when it does, like, the little slot machine thing and you get, like, the summon and then it summons the thing onto the screen and mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, bitch. Like, <laughs> it was so exciting. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'm trying... Well, I'm coming across something here. Oh, it looks like it's a, it's a remaster that's coming. A I'd remaster of the, of the PSP game. So, yeah, because yeah. I mean, I don't think I played it on the PSP. So if I can get it on a console, I'll play it. Oh, really? You didn't play it on a PSP? You weren't one of the like ten people that had a PSP? Like... <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, I wasn't. Uh, well, I had yep. a PSP, but I just I never I didn't have enough money to 
buy games. Well, let, let, <laughs> let's let's be perfectly honest. Uh, if you had a PSP, you were not buying UMDs and PSP games for that. You were hacking the shit out of that thing to play everything else. Um, yeah, that's I that's mean, that's the reason that system existed. Like, yeah, come on. I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, every it's like everyone, when you buy a PSP on Amazon, it's like under the frequently purchased together. It's like the fucking 500 gig S micro SD card <laughs> right. to go with it to put all the games on. Exactly. The, the thing that I think is crazy, it, this is a total tangent, but it seems to me like Sony could just roll out the Vita right now. Like maybe with a new, you know, a, uh, ARM processor in it or something. And it would compete like that system. I'll play it every now and again, but like the screen is just as good as the switches. The buttons are better than the switches, you know, like it had like, as far as a hardware goes, that thing kicked ass. Like it took names and it just insane to me that Sony kind of just let it die. Like they had a great platform there. And, and it's funny because I think they just were too early. Like, the Switch hadn't hit to set the market yet, you know? But, I mean, with the PS4, uh, was it? I used to use the Vita all the time as a remote play thing. Like, that's how I played Black Flag, basically, was I'd play it in bed on the Vita, streaming from the PS4. The thing ruled. And it's, like, it's insane to me that they just let it go. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is, though, is now you have, like, the Steam Deck, right? So, like, you don't have to jailbreak the the steam deck to play your games and things like that uh with the with the vita i mean there's a little bit of legwork and a little bit of effort that you got to put into it to get it the way that you want it um so i don't know if it would be as successful as we think and with sony's track record of just putting peripherals out to soak up some money and then let it die um i I don't i I don't i don't think there's enough people that would invest in that dog they're about to charge six hundred dollars for a new vr headset like, mm-hmm. come on. Like, you can, can't throw a $300 handheld out there? Like, what are we doing? And then it, yeah, and because then it they're works. Putting, yeah, because they're putting all that money into the headset. And they're that's going to go out there and die, too. How many... Dude, I know they had all those games in the state of play that are coming out, supposedly, for the, uh, the VR thing. But I guarantee you that once those initial games launch and they're out for that headset, there is not another one coming. They're just going to let that thing sit there with those games, and then it's just going to die again. Well, and to be clear, when you say all those games in the state of play, we're talking like four. You know, like, how many did like, the first one have? And like two of them are Resident Evil. How many? How, how, how many games did the first? How many games did the first one have? I, I can. There was an Iron Man game on there. There. What other ones were there for the PlayStation? Uh, Beat Saber. Tetris yeah, Beat effect. Saber was on everything uh, else, and you could get it on the you know the the Facebook the Oculus for like half the price. Astros, whatever. Astros Playroom or whatever, or Toy oh, Box God. or whatever. Moss, Moss was one. Yeah, Moss, Moss you can get on the Moss. You can get on the Oculus too. Oh, did you see Moss Two is coming to Oculus on in August? I did not. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. It was a good Moss, game. Moss rules. So, but yeah, um, I don't know how we got down that path, but sure. <laughs> what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, I miss playing my my Vita. That's what I'm saying. Even Sorry. that awful, even even that awful, uh, uh, God damn it, Nathan Drake game. What's that? Uncharted. Uncharted. Even that awful Uncharted game, Golden Abyss. They released for it. Still was pretty rad. It was just 
had that unfortunate thing where they're like, we're going to shoehorn in all the mechanics. Like, oh, here's where the back touch comes in. Here's where the accelerometer part is. Ha ha ha. And it's like, can you just make a game? God damn it. Like, I don't know. Vita rolled. Go to hell, both of you. Um, so then, uh, I guess our last little news touch up here, but we didn't hit last week, was the Capcom uh, had their little show, I guess. I, I don't really know what it was, but it was kind of like a, hey, here's what's coming up from Capcom, which basically meant here's a lot of Resident Evil. And, and I'm kind of okay with it. Like, they announced the upgrade... The PS5 Series X uh, Steam upgrades to the 2, 3 remake and uh, 7 and Village that all went live that day. They're all live right now. You can go download them. Uh, I have (laughs) downloaded the RE2 and the Village uh, updates, but I have not messed with them yet. I'm excited to. Those are hard games to play when you have kids running around, just so you know. (laughs) There's, there's a lot of explaining that needs to happen when, when someone walks by and sees, you know, nine foot tall mama choking you out on the screen, um, just as an example. Uh, but the other interesting part I thought was in October, we're getting a third person expansion for Village based on Rose, which sounds interesting to me. Uh, Shadows of Rose, new story set in the village universe follows Rosemary winters. And, uh, it seems to be maybe a, a way for them to get out of the first person view point. They've kind of painted themselves in and return to their third person roots. Uh, did you guys have any thought? I, Shannon, I, why are you even here? You don't even, <laughs> Dude, um, look, I, have, I have an opinion. I have an oh. opinion on this matter, oh. especially for the third person to first person. Oh, lay it on me. I'm so, wow. I just, Flex I, all, flexing all over this podcast. Yeah. That's good. Shannon engaged. <laughs> I, I think it's better for them to stick to the first person view because there's less that they have to do bouncing between the VR and the actual like console mm. gameplay. So I think they kind of hit the nail on the head when they went to the first person view. I think it also makes it more immersive um, for the player. Um, And a lot of people, I think, liked that experience more than the third person over the shoulder view. So, you know, I think it may be a good kind of like palate cleanser um, between games. But I hope that they don't go away from the first person view just because it seems like it did. uh, It kind of revitalized their their uh, franchise. That's all I got to say. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm not. The only thing I'd push back a little bit on is, is saying that I think more people enjoyed the first person view than the third person view. I think, I think the first person view was such a refreshing table setter for them, uh, that it made a lot of people, including myself kind of re-engage with the franchise in a way we hadn't in a long time because it was such a unique take on it is such an established formula at that point. Um, now that being said, I can't say you're wrong. Like when outside of four, <coughs> sorry, Jordan, uh, outside of four, seven and eight are the best ones. Like they've done. It's, in kind of my view, it's not even really that close, you know? Uh, Seven was fantastic until it got Super Resident Evil E at the end. Uh, Village is just such a fucking crazy f- 
twisted funhouse of a game that it's the insanity makes me love it so much. Um, that whole shit with Heisenberg and the monster just kills me every time. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, huh, I hadn't really considered that, but you might be onto something there. Like, cause my, my initial thing is like, no, no, no. Like the roots of it are third person action games. And like, that was the whole big deal with four is when they switched the over the shoulder camera view and it brought it. And then it's like, that was the whole deal with four because they switched the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then in seven and eight, they switched the camera. <laughs> yeah. Mm, damn. I think Shannon has a point. <laughs> Flexor all has a point. Yeah. yeah, we need to come up with relax takes music. Like <laughs> relax takes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Justin, throw some throw some echo on that. Just relax takes. <laughs> there you go. Now you got Zach singing it and me singing. All you got to do is like later on, just sing it yourself, and then yeah. just put all three of us together. <laughs> relax takes. <laughs> There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, so Justin, what were your thoughts while I just did all those mental gymnastics walking through that thought process? Yeah, no, um, you know, I really in- did enjoy seven and eight, and it's it. I I just want to throw this out here right now. It blew me away that Jordan was trying to convince everyone in Discord that five was the best, even better than four, like. Rob, even Robbie was like, okay, so you had me and then you said this shit and you lost me. And it's like, yeah, no, it, it's not. It is a fun co-op experience, but in terms of outside of that, it is not a better game by any means, I feel like, than 4. Well, that was... that. Uh, see, here we go, bringing the Discord to the podcast. But I, <laughs> still, that entire thing was... It, and this is my opinion. Jordan, feel free to yell at me and tell me I'm wrong. Um, my, it, it came across very much as like, hey, that one summer I had a great time playing Resident Evil 5. And I don't, I'm not arguing. You probably did. I'm sure it was amazing. Magical. You know, a- Angel saying and whatnot. Sure, it was great. Uh, Mountain Dew was consumed. Zombies were shot. It was awesome. Um, that doesn't make it a good game. Though. Like that, you know, like, one of the best times I have had playing a game was that horrible second extinction game playing with <laughs> jackasses. And it was like the funniest goddamn two hours of my life. But that game sucks on so many levels. And so like, I have a fondness for second extinction. That game's awful. Now I'm not going to go so far as to say RE5 is awful. It is not. That's six. We could all agree on that. But <laughs> it's just not in the same weight class as like two and four. It's just not. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Um, but outside of that, like I did find the first person view refreshing. I think it is cool though that they are adding an update to eight to allow mm-hmm. you to switch it into third person mm-hmm. as well. So that is cool that if that's you know your preferred play style, that you can do that. I, I do think that the first person view, the reason I think it was also so is because I think it works really well, especially in seven where there's a lot of downtime. It's like, it feels more suspenseful in first person when you're walking around and there's like the dead time of not being able to 
necessarily see like behind you or see like really around you that well and so that even builds up the fear like factor a lot more and stuff is having it in that first person and hearing something and spinning around really quick in seven the dinner table and then escaping from the dinner table that Mm -hmm. that was like one of the scariest sequences in a game i've played maybe ever like that's up there with like the the outlast you know like moments and stuff like that you know the amnesia those type of games which are all first person games to your point yeah and then especially too in seven when you're in like the like basement kind of area with like the where it's like all the pipes and stuff and there's those weird creepy things like Mm -hmm. walking around like the flashing lights and it's like there's dark corners everywhere of like hallways in there. It's like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to walk down there. Yeah. And you can't cheese it in the third person. Like you can, you normally where you're like, I'm just going to bump forward a little. And this camera's going to go <laughs> over to the hallway a little bit and show me. Yeah. You can't do that. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I'm not sure I would play through the entire game again, but I'm, I'm curious to see what playing, village in third person is like like if it changes it dramatically or not right because i could also see where it would make sequences like you know that opening sequence in village where uh the werewolves attack and you it took me dying like five times to realize like oh i just run you can't fight these just run (laughs) but i could see where that sequence becomes a lot easier in third person because in first person there's a lot of that running where it's like shit where do i go you know, like, it was like, do I go upstairs? Do I go downstairs? Do I mean, like, so I could see uh, in third person where you get a much more complete picture of your surroundings that that sequence could probably go a lot better. Yeah. And since eight's a lot more action oriented, I think, than seven too, mm-hmm. I think the third person like would work a lot more since you're shooting a lot more guns earlier on where seven, you're not really doing that except for like, the, the boss fights and then like the boat dash at the very end. Ethan's face is just all solid mold, but you didn't know it because <laughs> you were in first person the whole time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I was excited about that. You guys, uh, did you see the stuff that came out about the, the street fighter six, like kind of I forget what they're calling it, but the player assist mode where they're taking some moves and just like putting them to hotkeys basically on the controller for so instead of doing like inputs for a dragon punch you can just like press you know forward and x into a dragon punch type thing and it's funny because there there was a lot of initial pushback to that when they first announced it but then i've been seeing a lot of reviews people talking about the experience of playing it and they're like no the difference is like it doesn't change it for experienced players because I'm still going to try to do a dragon punch. The only difference is now I can actually do it. You know, like my time to input, it wouldn't is because I'm not a high level player is really no different than a high level player's time for input. It just, I can actually do the move now and feel like I'm competing, you know? And so I, I found that interesting that they seem to find a, a good timing balance with, with some of that stuff. And I, it makes me more interested in playing the game because you know what? I haven't been good at a competitive fighter in like a decade and a half. <laughs> and y'all, I'm these gnarled ass hands just don't have a just don't have it anymore. Like I can't I can't do those those inputs with the quickness anymore. No, that's why I like Dragon Ball Fighter Z, is because like 
it was the same thing. Like all of the moves were tied to just a button press and a direction. Mm. And like you were able to throw off these huge combos and do these larger than life battles that, you know, the anime, you know, presented to you on a regular basis that you could actually pull off and looked gorgeous in the video game. So if, you know, Capcom can take this and apply it to Street Fighter and make it more accessible to people that love watching the game, but don't feel that they have the skill level to enjoy the game, I think it's going to bring more people back to the franchise. Um, So, yeah, good, good for him. Like, who cares what the haters say? Like, you know, go out there and sell those games, you know, make it easy for people to play. And also, I feel like it, it not only is it for the crowd that played Street Fighter 2 at 7-Elevens and pizza parlors when I was in seventh and eighth grade, much like yourself, uh, mm-hmm. Justin would have been, you know, two. But um, <laughs> I think it also opens the door for people like my son, who is eight, who probably would watch me play this and want to jump in with all these fantastical characters doing crazy shit and be like, I want to do that. That looks awesome. But, you know, is he going to learn all these input methods? Now, the difference is he's ascending. So I could see him using this method to get into it and then learn the real stuff and go on where I am very much descending at this point. So it's like, no, I know the forward, back, forward, you know, punch combo. I just don't want to anymore. I'm just going to forward and push punch and call it a day. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's a good onboarding process for kids also. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to see more of six. Like six was one of those things when they announced it, I was like, Oh, cool. Probably not for me, but cool. Like I'm happy street fighter still exists. And then the more I've seen is like, I, I, I think I want to play Street Fighter 6. <laughs> I, think, I think I might be in. Like, this looks kind of rad. I kind of think that's where people benefit from having pro controllers, too. Sure. Um, so that you can map maybe the more uh, in-depth uh, moves to, like, the hotkeys on the back. And then you mm. can still have the front ones to do, like, the simple moves. Yeah. So now you can still get, like, an air combo in. And then you can, like, hit, like, you know, one of those special moves on the back. So because that, that would be the only thing that I would think of that would be a little daunting or would ruin the game experience is if you have all those uh, moves mapped to your face buttons and then you're trying to do like an air combo or you're trying to press. Sure. And instead of doing like a kick, now you're going to do like a hurricane kick um, because mm. you're you're trying to move forward or down and hit the hit the attack button. And you're like moving frantically. And yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. So I think that I, I think a pro controller is definitely going to be where people's people are going to enjoy it more or it's going to be utilized more. Attaching, attaching the moves to the paddles, mm-hmm. dropping, dropping paddle Hadoukens on people. Hell yeah. Just, Justin's a paddle Hadouken guy. I can tell already. <laughs> I just use the connect and you just do the hand motions. To just, like, Hadouken, Hadouken, Hadouken. Why did your ceiling fan get punched? Oh, I was doing a Shoryuken and... Uh... <laughs> and, you know, things things happened. Got out of <laughs> hand. Knuckles are bruised from just the fan whacking my hand every five minutes. <laughs> All right, so before we do and move into our uh, weekly consultation here... Um, I think we have to have a serious discussion. What's the best pizza? A uh, village host. No, 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 not, co- <laughs> not, not place type of pizza type. Of pizza. Ooh, 
I'm going to say, because uh, I'm a basic bitch, I'm going to uh-huh. say pepperoni and mushroom. Pepperoni and mushroom. Good. Solid. Classic combo. Hard mm-hmm. hard to top. Justin? See, for me, like anytime I get pizza, I'm just a solid cheese guy. Like four cheese. Like I just, the cheesier, the like in the commercial, like when you pull it and uh-huh. the cheese is like kind of like, that's just me. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not opposed to like pepperoni and stuff. I've eaten mushrooms on pizza before. And it was good until one time I had this really thick mushroom and I bit into it and exploded in my mouth, like back of my throat and just fucking disgusted me. It never wanted mushroom on pizza again after that. No, you can't get the whole ass mushrooms, dude. You got to get the sliced ones. Well, like see, and that's what happened. Ones. Like normally they were slices and stuff, but this mm-hmm. one was like an entire half of a mushroom. And that's what happened. I bit into it and it was like a nom, like fucking bomb went off in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, just... maybe he ate at rainbow pizza shit and it happens. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, rainbow pizza. Like, I don't know if anybody is listening in California, but you get a rainbow pizza. Those like each slice weighs like five pounds. I mean, it's like a New York style deep dish, but it's a Greek style pizza. And it's well, first it's off, that's easy. Chicago style. Whatever, dude. For, um, flex roll, flex roll. Yeah. No, but it's yeah, it's this Greek, uh, this uh, Greek pizza place. I guess it's also a diner. They have a million different things on the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, with the pizza there, it's you know. So you know when you get like a deep dish pizza, and it's it's a pie in the traditional sense of like there's the crust, and then there's a you know good inch inch and a half of like filler, which is sauce and meats or whatever. And then the layer of cheese on top. Somehow they missed the the filler part, and it, you just get like an inch and a half of cheese on top. Like it's they bring out a pizza, and I swear to God, it weighs ten pounds. Like now it's you're just speaking my language. Yeah, I'll take you to Rainbow Pizza. You, it's it's ridiculous. But the the thing is, there when you get olives on pizza, they just get like these colossal black olives, and they don't cut them up, and they just throw them on the top of the pizza. Like entire huge whole black olives just all over the pizza. Like it's hilarious. Um so pizza combos, I I'm gonna go sausage, mushroom, and olive. That's that's my go to. I like that. I'm I I will I'll I'll get down with some pepperoni. I like a salami on a pizza instead of pepperoni. It's a little saltier. It's pretty good. I don't know. Um, I've also I mean, had before, I've had like a chicken Alfredo pizza before where it had like the white sauce oh, and, sure. stuff yeah, and yeah. chicken, like the, and that was really good. So they had this, uh, pizza joint across the street from my work. Uh, it's called uh, escape from New York pizza mm-hmm. and they have a pesto and potato pizza and you would think that it's gross. Um, but it's actually pretty decent. Um, like I'm not gonna, I mean, if it's there, I'll eat it. But like you know, I'm not going to order it. It's just it's just a weird flavor combo, you know. Like, I d- didn't really think that so, that was going to be my jam. So as far as weird flavor combinations that absolutely work, there's a restaurant in uh, near near me called Vesta, and it's one of those like super high end artisan pizza places. You know, wood fire pizza and all that. A pizza costs you thirty bucks, and it's a personal type thing. Yeah, it's it's one of those. But they have a like sliced potato sausage and i forget the type of pepper but with honey on it Hmm. pizza it is phenomenal it's one of those things when you see the the description you're like yeah that sounds horrible that sounds like something i would never eat why the fuck would anyone do that to themselves and then you have a bite and you're like where has this been my entire life like good lord give me all of this please it's it's up there 
Yeah, that's kind of like the blue line pizza too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they always like serve their pizzas with honey, and I'm just like, what? What? Is, what am I missing? What is the? What is the? What? Where's the memo here? <laughs> There's. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Escape from New York Pizza by us, but. Uh... In San Carlos, there's a New York pizza place. Uh, me and friend of the show, Carlos, would always get the chorizo and jalapeno pizza oh, from yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Insane. Insanely good. So good. Yeah, I'm just there's... happy no one here said fruit on pizza. Like, that's, <laughs> that's really... Yeah, no. There's a, uh, a place in Tempe called Doughbirds, and they're known for their rotisserie chicken and pizzas. And Megan mm-hmm. always gets their prosciutto and goat cheese pizza and that's really good and then i do their margarita one which has like it's like cheese tomato and basil yeah yeah like basil and stuff on it and i was like can never really go wrong with that either and that's usually really good now dude california pizza kitchen had a pizza it was a carne asada pizza Mm. it was carne asada steak and like some cilantro uh cheese and then they had a habanero paste that they put on the top of it and I'm not usually one for like, you know, habanero level heat, yeah, but yeah. like they blended it just enough to where like you could slather that shit all over the pizza and it was just oh, magical. They don't make it anymore. It sucks, but I, I like that you outed yourself as a basic bitch and then brought up CPK. That's, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so why are we having this discussion about pizza? You might ask. Uh, I started asking myself that five minutes ago. Um <laughs> The answer is because a little game called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge dropped on Game Pass last week. Yeah, it did. And boys, this game fucking rules. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> like, okay, okay, let's let's rewind. It is essentially a love letter to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade games that we all grew up playing. And you know, starting with the first OG one all the way up through what Turtles in Time mm-hmm. and all that. And then there's been re-releases on systems throughout the years of those old games and and whatnot. But God damn, they just nailed it. Like they just nailed it. Like playing through the story mode is so much fun. Like throwing foot soldiers at this camera never gets old. It just mm-hmm. doesn't. <laughs> um uh so yeah, I spent basically my father's day playing through the game with my eight-year-old and my five-year-old and we had a fantastic time and it was fun enough with the mechanics and the challenge to keep myself interested but basic enough and accessible enough that my five-year-old could play and feel like she was doing something the entire time it wasn't just like, oh, I'm just following dad and brother around. Like, it, no, she was in there. She was mixing it up. She was using uh, Donatella's bow and whipping some foot soldier ass. You know, like it was great. It was fantastic. Uh, we got all the way up, beat Krang, beat Shredder. I, I ended up having to beat Shredder by myself because they both died. And I was like, you know, I, I had like two bars of health left when I took him down. I, I was feeling really, really saucy about it. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it, I mean, I, I'm gushing, but your guys' thoughts? I uh, I downloaded it, and I played it, and I loved it, and uh, Michelangelo feels as awesome as ever, um, running around the map, like beating people up with his nunchucks, doing his whirlwind attacks, throwing pe- like you were saying, throwing people at the camera, smashing them back and forth, like, like you know, uh, Looney Tunes style. Yep. Um, 
like the environment still feel good being able to hit like uh, parking meters or cones at like the foot soldiers that always felt um good um i feel the controls are um you know they they kind of they're basic enough to where there's not enough needed to feel like you're doing good i mean like i think there's one attack button and then there's a dodge button mm-hmm. and then there's a special attack button and then there's jump right so like basically it's you know dodge back and then attack forward and you can like you can dodge out of the way and then like do a power slide forward and continue an, an attack combo so i mean it's fun uh it's frantic uh you know there's always something on the screen that uh basically levels the playing field if you feel that you're too overwhelmed and it's just yeah. basically timing it out which i i love because that was you know straight out of like the old games um, you know, wait until everybody gets around that barrel and then hit it and then just like back jump out of the way while everybody else gets engulfed in flames. Um, I felt the uh, the chasing uh, Bebop and Rocksteady in the car on the freeway. Um, yeah. Like that was fun. Uh, but I don't know how you're going to do that level without getting hit because that's one of the achievements. To yeah, I felt that, that too. I was like, no way. That's impossible. Yeah, that shit's crazy. But um, I do like the like the overworld map that kind of shows you like the challenges that you have to get like throughout the world. Um, uh, it was a little confusing in the beginning because it doesn't really tell you that it's just on other levels that you have to find these things. It's like, you know, there's when you go to the map, they're like down there. So like I drive the van down there and I check out the dude and he's just like, yeah, there's still like two more newspaper articles you got to find. And then I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, do I go back to the level I just did or is it on that one level? You know, and then you have to go back and kind of piece it together that you kind of have to find it through like multiple levels. Um, so I did, um, you know, there were some things that I, f- I felt needed a little bit more polish, but overall, like it was a great game. I didn't finish it because... I thought we were going to try to play it. So like, I was like, okay, if the boys and I are going to play this, I don't want to go all the way through the game. I Mm want to kind of wait a little bit. And then like that way we can experience it all together. But, um, you know, now I think I'm just going to go through and do the, because I think I only went like three or three stages in. Um, Like, I think I finished the Bebop Bebop and Rocksteady freeway thing. And then I stopped. Um, You should go clear it out because that way you can select Casey Jones because you don't get Casey Jones until after you beat it. Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that there was a. It was just the the other guys, but um, uh, I did see some people playing like a full six player co op game online, and like that screen is just full, chock full of tra- so much stuff. Like I can only imagine how it is. So, um, playing by yourself and mm-hmm. then playing with um with your kids, did you notice that there was more foot soldiers on the screen? Um, there they did seem to scale a little bit. I, it wasn't so noticeable, but, um, I will tell you with all of us playing turtles, mm-hmm. it became difficult to keep track of yours because <laughs> there are times when like all three of us would go to attack something all at once. And then someone would jump away and you'd be like, wait, did I push up? No, I'm still there. Okay. Yeah. Like there, there were moments where it's like, which way, which one is that? You know, like, um, so that part got a little kid and like my kids both would be like, Oh wait, I thought that was me, you know, like (laughs) multiple times. Um, but no, it's, it, I love that they made the choice. Unlike, you know, like when they remade battle toads as another side scrolling beat em up type thing, they made the choice to be like, okay, this isn't an arcade game anymore. Like we're not trying to pump people for quarters. Like we're just going to make it fun. 
Like let's let these people have fun playing the game. And so, yeah, you get power ups at like random choice. You get pizza at the right time to refill your health. You know, you get the pizza that refills everyone's health on screen, which is super beneficial, especially when you've got two kids you're playing with that aren't, you know, as honed in as other people. Um, And so it's, it was just, I feel like every decision they made in the design of this game was in service of having fun. Mm -hmm. And, and right now I dude, it's, it's a top five game for me right now. Game of the year. Like this, this game is fantastic. Like fantastic. So have your kids wanted to go back and play it again or. Okay. So it's, it's in on repeat. They're, they're, they're locked in. I mean, you know, my son is Mr. Jurassic World all the time. They came out with the Evolution 2 uh, pack for the new movie. So that's what he's been playing more than anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, my daughter is super excited that like it's a game all three of us can play together, which mm-hmm. is weirdly rare, you know? But like it, it's a game we really all can play together that isn't Nintendo Sports. And it's great. You know, like it's it's really fun in that regard. Did you have that moment where like everybody was picking turtles and you had to tell your kids, I'm Raphael, you two can have the dregs. So that moment was, uh, so I'm picking the red one. <laughs> and then, uh, and then my son wanted Leonardo cause he had swords and I didn't have the heart to tell him that, you know, he's picking the Cyclops of the turtles. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, bro, swords, it's rad. <laughs> and then, uh, and then my daughter was just like, so, which one of these is better? And she's looking at Michelangelo and Donatello, right? And I'm like, well, you know, the song says Michelangelo is a party dude and uh, Donatello is the smart one. And she's like, oh, well, I'll pick Donatello because I'm smart. And I'm like, okay, yeah, good, good logic. I like that. So she picked Donatello for that reason. Nice. But I was Just- shocked. She, I was shocked she didn't pick April O'Neil because she usually always plays the girl if if given an option. So. Apparently, she just wanted to be a turtle like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. So, you know. Justin, what did you think? Did you play it? No, I, you know, I didn't get to play it because I downloaded it Thursday under the guise that, you know, oh, we'd be come, playing it Friday <laughs> and message everyone at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, okay, what time are we turtling down? I told and you then that I didn't know. You told me, and I quote, <laughs> You didn't say you didn't know. You said, where is it? Oh, he's bringing the receipts. Yeah, I, I'm bringing the receipts. I'm bringing the receipts here. Uh, I messaged everybody at 8.12 a.m. Friday. We playing mm-hmm. some Turtles tonight, boys? I got it all downloaded last night. Zach said, not sure what time I'll be available, but I'm down. I'll let you guys know when I get home. And then Zach never came home ever. Uh, I came home very late that night and I did not have the energy to play. And I didn't think you would still be awake. Justin, exactly. And just like my mom would say, you should have sent a text message. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus. So I did not play cause I did not want my experience to not be including two of my favorite people in the world so oh man just salt in the yeah. wound like well, i'll Lord. tell you right now i'm laid out i got nothing better to do than play video games so if you guys want to play some tmnt like please let me know i'm down i'm down i'm super yes. down. but yeah it uh 
just trust me it's fantastic like it's really really good um i can't wait to have an argument with justin over it and some shitty art house game that he fell in love with over a game of the year <laughs> it's gonna be great so how how many levels are in the game since you've already beaten it uh 15 16 something like that okay. and then uh what would you say because i basically i think I, I went through like one life a level yeah it starts to get harder as you go along um the triceratops dudes get kind of get kind of murderous and then and then there's a weird like mortal combat esque like difficulty bump when you hit uh the the krang dimension so you leave the city and you end up going to the other dimension to fight krang right mm-hmm. and that world when you get there is like holy crap harder like both my kids made it through every level until we got to that dimension. And then I think of the four levels in that world, like it was me fighting by myself for two or three of them because they were just getting the crap kicked out of them. (laughs) Awesome. So it's a little bit more dodgy and a lot less like hack and slash. Yeah. That, that uh, roll slide kick thing, like Mm -hmm. that becomes the weapon like to, to to get rid of guys. And uh, a lot of that and a lot of the environmental kills, too. So. Good to know. Yep. But uh, that's that's really all I've been playing. So, uh, Shannon, you got anything else? I've been playing Tales of Arise um, pretty uh, hardcore. Um, so I'm a lot further along in that game, and I'm still loving it. Uh, it's amazing. So uh, I hope to, I think I'm 17 hours into that game right now. Um, I've killed one, two, like three of the Lords. I've done the uh, fire, ice, and earth, and I'm on the wind uh, emperor or wind Lord right now. So I'm probably a little over halfway through the game right now. Um, kind of taking my time because I want to do all of the uh, side quests and see how many trophies I can actually get in this game. Um, not that I'm trophy hunting or anything like that, but I just kind of wanted to see with a game that I'm passionate about, like how much of the trophies I actually end up getting. So, uh, I'm having a fun time with that. Justin, um, what are you playing? Man. So since, uh, the Microsoft thing with the, the Forza DLC for Hot Wheels coming out, I've had the biggest heart on for Forza. Like I've been playing it pretty much all this week. Very graphic. Uh, Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for for some Hot Wheels, you know, and obviously, yeah. yes, very excited. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was telling uh, Zach before the podcast, and I think Shan joined. We're like, I so I finally did. I got all the the Horizon Adventure whatever stuff. Like right before recording, I finally like unlocked the last one, and did it and they were like oh now you're gonna be the hall of fame whatever and i beat it and i was like oh yeah you know i did it i'm gonna be in the hall of fame and then they were like uh you're not quite in the hall of fame yet (laughs) but it's like what else do i need to do like do you know like i did all the horizon like missions or whatever that they they had do i just need to do more story stuff on the map or it didn't give me like another task or something to do after i beat the last one so you opened up all the festivals yeah, I did all the festivals. 
So usually what you have to do is you have to do all the festivals and get all and, and complete all the events in all the festivals. Like at mm. the and like that's when you usually get like the Hall of Fame stuff. It's the Hall of Fame, Justin, not the Hall of Half-Assing it. I, I guess so. Yeah, you got to like, be a champion in all of you got to win pretty much like every event. And that's I mean, how you get uh, the Hall of Fame. I mean, I got first in all the different events, but I guess maybe there's some like extra shit that like I didn't do that I need to go back and read. Did you do all the Did you do all the barn finds too? No. That might be something too cuz I know the barn finds are pretty uh pretty cool. Dude, that's, it's just, that's funny actually. The barn finds are like the first thing I always I know, right? <laughs> well, it's because some of them, like, there's times where I've gone specifically to do a barn finds, but some of them are hard to find. And it's like, I get sick of just, like, the area is so mm-hmm. big on some of them, and I get sick of driving around in the middle of some wheat field somewhere trying to find this fucking barn hidden somewhere. So usually what I do is when I'm doing a barn find, I'll go to the the area where the barn's supposed to be, and then I'll go into picture mode. And then I'll like zoom way the fuck out on my car, like way, way out. Oh, and then I'll that's... just like, and then I'll move the camera around to see like the t- topography of the area. And then I'll be like, oh, there's the barn. And then I'll zoom back into my car and I'll okay. exit out of photo mode and I'll drive over there. <laughs> that's pretty genius. That's like low key, like some big brain yeah. play right there. Um, like... I, I 100% would play a game that was just barn finds. Like if it was the only, like it it does something to my brain and I don't even know what it is, but like the serotonin hit I get when I, when I complete a barn find is, is like an anything else in games. Yeah. I did all the barn finds in it and I'll tell you um, the last couple were kind of lackluster, but there were some pretty dope ones in there. Uh, it's not the strongest barn barn find uh, Forza, but um, th- wish, there's some good cars in there. I wish they would do more like the first one where it's like you find the beetle and it's like the story of it and you're mm-hmm. like going through like with helping that woman out and like getting the whole story behind the car the entire time. Like they, sh- I wish they would do more like that. I thought I found that really engaging, like mm-hmm. really cool. No, that was cool. And that beetle was hella cool too. Like, yeah. especially when they did like the road one that was like super, super quick and like handled, like it was on rails. Like I love that car. And then, and then oh. after that, it's like, oh yeah. And there's a Jaguar over by the temple, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, what? Like, you... Dude, there was one, like, it's so funny. Cause you know, you can do the horizon adventures in any order. And it's like the last one that I just did. I thought out of all of them, it was out of the last one for all the different categories. I thought it was the absolute easiest. And I was like, God damn dude, this is the hardest one to me was the one where you have to go all the way up that mountain and it's not even like, oh, press X to enter event. It's like, no, once you hit that point on the map, it just starts. And it's like, yeah, you need to get from here to 10 miles over there in like eight minutes or whatever. And you're just going downhill. And it's so hard because then once you do it and you win, and it's like, oh, well, to get three stars, whatever, you have to get there in this time. Oh, it's like, okay, cool. But I can't just <laughs> easily redo it. I can't yeah. just fast travel uh-huh. fucking back up the mountain. I have to drive my fucking ass 10 miles <laughs> back uphill all the way to the start again to get another shot at it and well, it's like the the best thing i could do is fast travel home to get a little closer yeah but it's like dude i have to pay eight thousand here what the fuck's the point in owning four houses if <laughs> i have to pay money to fast travel to them like that's, but that's what you gotta do you gotta get those signs if you get all the fast travel signs in the world then fast traveling is free 
Who tells who tells you that? It says like, it on the it says it on the game. It uh, says it on one of the like the little hint bars Mr. at the bottom. Of the I can't screen. read anything in fucking Paper Mario <laughs> knows how the fast travel works in Forza. Well, just Sorry. because you're skipping through <laughs> the uh the menus as fast as possible, Justin. Like, come on. <laughs> Alright, well then I guess I need to drive around and hit all the fast travel signs. And there's some of the like the experience signs are like in the dick, like the one that's under the bridge that's like fucking 15 feet off the ground oh, no, dude the like, one that's gonna hit that the one that's on the roof of there's one that's on the roof of a house mm-hmm. that's a single exactly story house but like there's nothing around it that will let you launch up into it so you got to drive up into the hills and then yeet yourself off like the top of the hill and land on the house to get it like that's the only way i've been, i've seen anybody do it in the game and i'm just like no nah, i'm not gonna do that one i don't think i'm gonna get that one um, but it's just an experience one. It's not a fast travel one. So like, I'm not, I'm not too worried about yeah. it. Yeah. But okay. um, I forgot to tell you guys, I did play another game, a switch game. Uh, it was, right. it's called, it's called Soundfall. Uh, and it's a shmup. It's a rhythm based like shmup. So it's a twin stick. It's a, it's a, it's not a twin stick shooter. You actually have to hit like the R button to actually fire your rifle. But um, like, it's got a pretty cool, um, like uh electronica like dance like kind of synth uh music score and then there's a little bar on the bottom that like is pulsing to the beat right and then there's like a uh there's like a little spot in the middle that's like your sweet spot and then uh you basically hit the r button to the beat um and if you hit the beat at the right time your uh, attacks are uh, powered up. They basically do like the the max damage. But if you hit on an offbeat, it basically just shoots like a puny little like little laser beam out that really doesn't do much damage, but it'll stop the enemies from like advancing on you a little bit. Um, so it's a pretty cool rhythm based game. Uh, the jumps are based on the rhythm, too. So like if you want to jump from place to place, like you get like a dash if you actually um, hit the jump at the right on the beat. Um, and as the levels progress, the beats get faster and a little bit more tricky, um, to follow. But initially, like the first couple levels, I'm having a pretty good time with it. It was on one of those, it was on like the wholesome direct, I believe. Um, and it was one of the ones that kind of piqued my interest. So I'm, I've been, I've gone, I've been going through that one too. It's kind of a fun game. Cool. Cool. Yeah, did you, was... uh, Justin, did you try that Metal Hellsinger game? That was another no. rhythm type game? No, I didn't try. I, it like, it's one of those where I guarantee you I'm probably going to end up like getting it when it comes mm-hmm. out. So I didn't even bother to try the demo. Gotcha. But it looks really cool. Anything uh, else other than, uh, uh, Forza, Justin? Yes. Uh, the other game I played this week, which it came out on Game Pass. And I think uh, Shannon might be interested in it. It's called Amori. Mm-hmm. And it is a kind of earthbound slash kind of like Undertale-ish RPG. And you play as, um, well, Amori, this kid. And he, it's really like, it's one of those things. It starts out very cute. And then it, it gets very dark very quickly throughout the game. I love the art style though of it like it kind of has that earthbound it's like normal art style but then like it has scenes and stuff where it's like hand-drawn very kind of like shaky um colored kind of outside the line sometimes art and the general story is you wake up and you're like in this all white kind of room with this like black light bulb hanging from the ceiling and your cat and your laptop and like a door and it's like you know it says you've been here for 
as long as you can remember or whatever and you leave the room and you go into this kind of dreamish world and your three best friends hero aubrey and kel are there and stuff and you guys hang out and you're going to go find your fifth friend and you're like you go to your like friend's house and your friend takes pictures and has like a photo album and stuff of you guys hanging out and your uh other friend who is amori's sister kind of is the save point at different spots and she'll set up a picnic for you and you have food and stuff and they'll heal your health and your magic or whatever and then you can save there and you go to your friend's house and you're like looking through the photo album and he starts to freak out and you don't really know why and then like some scary shit starts happening and it like cuts the black and then you kind of wake back up in the white room again except now the door is gone and you're like talking to the cat trying to figure out how to leave and he's like well there is a way to leave but you know you're, you're not gonna like it and you i'm like running around the room loops like there's no door anywhere so i'm like how the fuck do you get out and in the little menu now there was an option that wasn't there before and the option is stab and so you stab yourself in the stomach and kill yourself and then you wake up and you're back in like the real world now and it's like color and the house is like dark and your like sister is like outside like banging on the door and you won't let her in and then you kind of find out later in game basically your sister's dead so it's like but this this isn't like a doki doki literature club it has has very big doki doki except the doki doki does the slow build up and then in the third act is where everything hits where Uh this this hits very early on like oh this is kind of fucked up and then it just gradually gets a little bit worse as you go because then you find out like you know amori's like sister is actually dead we don't really know what happened to her yet but that's kind of what destroyed your friend group so it's like you are escaping into this like dream world to like relive when everything was okay and then in the real world now it's like four years later and like no one is really together anymore and like aubrey now she like has this like baseball bat and like the dream world and stuff and like helps you out and is fun. And now she kind of is the leader of this gang and the baseball bat has like nails sticking out of it and stuff. And she goes to church and stuff and she's like, yeah, well I'm glad you all are fine. Amori never left this house for four fucking years. And I had, I was by myself and she's like, I come here every week trying to, you know, make, sense of what happened and stuff but i don't get any closure and so i'm glad you two are fine but you guys fucking left me by myself here and so you're trying to like reconnect this like friend group while now you're trying to figure out like okay well what the fuck happened to amori's sister and like what disbanded everybody and there's like weird shit happening like around town like scary like shadow stuff and there's like weird little creatures but it's like for as scary like as the themes are there's also funny like sort of themes like there's a space dude who's a space pirate but his girlfriend broke up with him and so he's not a pirate anymore so he's like laying in bed moping so instead of calling him like a space pirate everyone calls him a uh, space boyfriend <laughs> and he had a mixtape from her 
<laughs> that got thrown away by accident. So he's like pouting in bed. And so like one of the missions is you have to go through the junkyard and find this mixtape and bring it back to him and stuff. And instead of making him happy, it upsets him. And then that's what causes like the boss fight with him to happen. And then he realizes that he was just like taking his anger out on you and stuff. And that he actually does like the mixtape and that, you know, even though things didn't work out, it's not really anybody's fault and he shouldn't be taking it out on everybody. And uh, so is there, are there, is the, it's because there's, there's, I see screens where there's like actual fights happening. Is it like a turn-based RPG or is it more like. It is turn-based and that's, what's kind of cool. It's, it's turn-based like earthbound, but it also has a fire emblem element to it where there's like a, the triangle of instead of weapons being like, oh, sword beats axe and axe beats whatever. Instead it's emotions. So it's like happy, like happy beats angry, like angry beats sad and sad beats happy. And then there's neutral, which is kind of neutral everything. And as you're fighting, um, everyone starts out as neutral and certain enemies and stuff can do shit to you to either like make you mad or sad or whatever. And each emotion uh, gives different stats up. Like when you're sad, it boosts your defense, but lowers your attack. Um, being happy increases your attack speed. Um, but uh, I forget what it, it increases your attack speed, but does something else. And then, Oh, I think it increases your critical chance hit. And then being angry increases your attack, but lowers your defense. And, so, but then each of the characters have different, like Amori's thing is he can read sad poems and you can make your own teammate, like a teammate sad, but you can also make an enemy sad. You can target your teammates or you can target the uh, enemies. And so his thing is he can make people sad. Uh, Aubrey's is that she can make someone happy. Kel can annoy someone and make them angry. And then the one dude, his is like a healing. He's like a cook and stuff. So he can like help heal people he's like the cleric or whatever for the group but I, i'll be honest i can't tell if this is something i want to play or something i never want to talk about again like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like really like and some of the other humor like one of the other things is like during the space the space boyfriend quest line um there's like an area where it's all the planets and um uh, like they're all at a distance. Like, oh, you pass Mercury and Venus, but Earth is really close, and there's an optional boss fight to fight Earth, kind of like an inscription <laughs> uh, with the moon. Okay. And you fight Earth, and Earth try like people on Earth like yell at you and try and make you sad and stuff. So I fought Earth, and my thing was I made Earth sad, and then used Kel's thing to make like everybody angry. To increase their attack and then start way and you basically beat Earth and get a shit ton of experience, but then it's just gone. And the other <laughs> space pirates are like, dude, he's like, they they fucking wrecked like Space Boyfriend's favorite planet's gone. <laughs> and um, Pluto is there, but Pluto decided it didn't want to be a planet anymore and left. <laughs> and so there's a quest line with Pluto where uh, you fight Pluto and then it accepts that it doesn't need to conform to anybody's thing. It's like, you know, if I don't want to be a planet, I don't have to be a planet. And instead now he'll fast travel you places. And so it's the Pluto express or whatever. And <laughs> you'll get on his muscles and shit and he'll carry you wherever you want to go. It's mm. pretty funny. So definitely All recommend right. it. So I've been playing through that right now. I think I'm about, uh, about halfway through the game. Cause I think it takes about, if you're just mainlining the main story, I think it's like 20 ish hours. And then if you do all the side quest stuff, I heard it's like 30 ish. And wow. I've been doing side quest stuff as well. 
So it seems like an interesting game. Uh, and I definitely want to take a look at it. I just don't know if I'm going to get around to it anytime soon with Xenoblade coming out in July and Tales of Arise consuming my time right now. At least you're honest. I do want to hear when you beat it, though, if it sticks the landing. Because you said it was on Game Pass, right? Yeah. Because it's on the Switch, too, for thirty four ninety nine. I don't know if I want to invest that much money in, in the game. I mean, it does sound batshit insane, though. So. It does. And you guys weren't wrong with Doki Doki. So, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And this one probably won't uh, make your fiance feel incredibly uncomfortable watching you play it. So <laughs> That's true. Um, oh, do we hear sirens? See the sirens? Yeah, I hear them. Bring them. Because I am caught up on everything now. <laughs> we are in the spoiler zone. Uh, I am not caught up on anything because, y'all, it was a week. Um, but, hey, I saw the Jurassic Park movie. Um, so if you guys would like to talk spoilers for Obi-Wan and the rest, I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, but I have nothing too bad, so... Uh, yeah, like Obi-Wan, um, episode four was a mess, but episode five was, uh, was good. I liked it. Yeah. Episode five was a lot better and I think was a step more. It's just, it's so crazy. Like there's only one episode left. So I'm like, dude, I feel like there has to be like, I don't know. I feel like there has to be a big battle between Vader and Obi-Wan. And if there isn't a big battle, I feel like there at least has to be a decent dialogue between the two. Because they haven't really talked at all since episode, what was it, three? Is like the last time they actually encountered each other. Mm -hmm. So the halfway point. But even then, there was like two sentences exchanged exactly. between the two of them. But um, I do, I did like episode five because it kind of brought, you know, it went back to like their training and it was showing like the whole cat and mouse game that the two of them had. And it showed how Anakin was all about like, e even then, like there were warning signs of like, you know, he was super aggressive, super aggro, like was all about the strength, not about strategy, not about, you know, thinking he was short term thinker at that point. Yeah. So, you know, the cat and mouse game where it was like, okay, we, we need to get all these people off onto the ship. We need to buy some time. And like, you know, seeing that play out between the two of them, like the strategy of it, like the chess game. Um, I think that was a pretty good um, like balance between the two characters. Um, and it showed, uh, you know, the, I think the, how well each side knows each other, like pretty much to where they kind of got down to like almost a stalemate. And it was just, you know, one person, you know, kind of switching up their tactics a little bit that, you know, got the other guy to, to slip up. Um, but the third sister, you know, the reveal, like, which wasn't really that much of a reveal that like, you know, she was there when Order 66 happened. And, you know, she's not actually she's basically just entrenched herself with the uh, Imperial uh, or with the, you know, the the inquisitors to, to find the Jedi. She basically embedded herself there so that she could hunt Darth Vader down and uh, try to attack him and exact her revenge uh, was, I mean, it was good, but you knew that wasn't going to end well, right? Like you knew that wasn't like in that battle, I think lasted, I mean, he basically Darth Vader basically toyed with her like the whole time. Like there was no battle there. It was just basically, let me show you how strong I am. And so a, during that fight, I do like the fact that because you like you said during the flashback, you see Obi Wan and uh, Anakin and stuff when they were like training, like fighting each other and stuff. And I like how Vader copped Obi Wan's move of taking the lightsaber. Mm -hmm. 
Like, I thought that was funny. So that was cool to see him do it in the past. And so he learned from that and he just used that move. I do not get the third sister's motivation. Like, that makes no fucking sense that she integrate. Like, so you've killed how many people to get <laughs> close to Vader because he killed a bunch of you. Like, you're just doing the same thing with more steps. Like, mm-hmm. you, you're not the good person in this. Like, sticking around and doing this, like, you've destroyed villages. You've done whatever it takes to. And to what? So that you could get a chance to attack Vader or something? Like, that makes no sense. And then you just got wrecked. <laughs> Like, in five seconds against them. And the funny thing is, too, is, like, every single time it shows somebody in, like, the older movies get impaled by a lightsaber, they're dead. They're donezo. Like, this series has had two people get gutted by lightsabers, and they're fine. <laughs> or, like, they're still alive. Like, there's no there's no death um, yeah. by lightsabers anymore, unless you get cleaved completely in half. Also, I thought, what, what, what I thought was really funny is in episode four, they have those two, um, what was like the A-wings coming into, like, sh- like basically doing like cover fire for Obi-Wan and the uh, the spy and Leia. And you see them coming in at like full speed to that hangar. And like, you know, you see them getting hella close to the wall and then you don't see them turn. You don't see them strafe. There's no air brakes. There's no nothing. Like those dudes are just dead, right? Like they've just kamikaze themselves right into that back wall and then like the next scene you see them like flying around outside for another like attack run and then one of them hits like the air brakes and just like slams down on the ground you're just like bro like (laughs) the way to retcon that because that was some bad shooting dude i was like my favorite part of the episode which i think was everyone's favorite is uh well you know it, it really showed the strength of vader and how strong he is when the ship goes to leave and vader walks in he's like yeah, I don't think so. And just fucking holds it in the air and mm-hmm. then rips the entire fucking side of the ship off <laughs> with his hands. And then it's like, oh, and then the decoy ship gets away or whatever. But it's like, oh, like that is the strength of like a fucking like Jedi master Sith Lord fucking right there is he like held an entire ship in place and relanded it with the fours. Yeah. Yeah, dude's a badass. But you know, I, I do have some issues with Darth Vader's character. Um, you know, it's uh, maybe it's just me, but like, you know, when you first see Darth Vader and he comes down onto the planet and like the first thing he does is he snaps the dude's neck, then he s- kills the kid and like the other parent. And then like he just kills like a handful of people like right off the bat. And there's like no reason for it. And like I know there's been nine years between when, you know, him and Obi-Wan like fought and then now. So I, I know there's a lot of stuff that could happen between them. There's a lot of hatred and like, you know, a lot of what, whatever. But like, it just kind of seemed a little over the top. Like they were just doing it to be like, yep, Darth Vader going to do what Darth Vader going to do. Like, you know, the, I mean, it just seemed to me like if he's so focused on getting Obi-Wan like out or like fighting him, he's not really going to care about like what stupid humans are doing, like just cowering over in the corner. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. And also in episode five, when the stormtroopers bust through the door and they're like uh, fighting the rebels inside or they're they're fighting the civilians inside. There are so many scenes where there's just like stormtroopers that have like run past the line and are just kind of handing around in the back. And they're like, I don't think we're supposed to be here right now. Like not in this shot. Like, I don't know what we're supposed to do, but I think I need to look busy over here in the corner. So they just kind of like fumble around in the background and they're like behind everybody. I was like, <laughs> you would be murdering everybody left and right if you were back there. Um, like, so where did I place my blaster? <laughs> yeah, there's some bad like cinematography in that in that episode. But I mean, 
it it was a lot better than the than the fourth episode. But yeah, I mean, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see where they go with one episode left and how like the third sister like uh you know plays into that because you know she ain't done yet and now they're all like well if darth vader knows about leia they know about uh luke so like now the you got one episode where everybody's like doing this mad dash to get back to tatooine to you know save luke from a horrible fate so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that last episode and how it plays out i don't think people are going to be happy with it though i don't i think it's i think somehow somehow leia will get kidnapped again that's what i was gonna say i was like luke's gonna get kidnapped this time that's gonna be season two yeah exactly it's gonna be the spinoff show they're gonna show why obi-wan is so old is because he's just been keeping luke and leia from getting kidnapped for like 10 years i saw some article and the headline was like is luke gonna die in the season finale and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know what do you fucking think So yeah, I mean it's that that's that's Star Wars in a nutshell. But um, let's do you want to talk about the boys? Uh, dude, I would love to talk about the boys because the boys has been great. Dude, th- that whole thing has been so like I I don't think I've felt uncomfortable watching the boys in like the previous ep- seasons as I have felt uncomfortable in this one. Like this one, like when the deep is like you know at the dinner table with Homelander, like that has probably <laughs> got to be one of the most uncomfortable situ- episodes for me to watch. I think I actually covered my eyes when he got to the dessert portion of that episode. Dude, like, Homelander's just uh, unchained in this one, and I love it. Like, he just gives no fucks for the other seven. Like, he fucking hates all of them, and now he's not. he doesn't have to hide behind a smile behind it anymore. And he's just like, yeah, you know, like, even when he walks up the A-train, he's like, you know, you fat fucking piece of shit. Like, <laughs> it just straight up tears him down in the hallway. Yeah, I don't, I don't know it's kind of going more into like that uncomfortable, like tense kind of like breaking bad thing. Like I feel that's always been there, but there's always been that comic book element that's kept it more action oriented and less like you're just living in an uncomfortable situation for an hour. Um, I feel like this season is more, you know, you dealing with that uncomfortableness and that unhinged like Homelander. I just don't know where they're going to go now that, you know, Vought has been basically, uh, you know, is now in the control of Homelander. Uh, He's like the CEO or like not the CEO, but he's like the head of like the whole corporation now. Like everybody else is ousted. He doesn't give a shit. He's unhinged. Like, no, there's no weapon. You know, uh, what was it? Um, Soldier Boy is going to come back and he's going to get turned by Homelander in some way, shape or form. He's not going to be the weapon that everybody wants him to be um so it'll be interesting to see you know how it plays out for the team i know they've got a season four already booked so like it'll be weird to see how this ends and rolls into the next season yeah i mean i'm assuming uh you know they're gonna use soldier boy against homelander but i'm assuming homelander's just gonna fucking kill him at some point or something like even if he can't die or whatever like he's going to I don't know, relock him in like another carbonite bath or something but well in the comics like you know from what i've seen on the internet like soldier boy's always been like kind of like not mentally the smartest and homelander always kind of outsmarts him or you know uh you know i think ends up like sleeping with him like a couple times in like the comic series so like i don't necessarily know how it's going to play out in in the um in the shows but 
you know, it'll be, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm here for it. Obviously I'm, I'm already, you know, five episodes in. So I want to see how this plays out. Yeah. And, uh, Miss Marvel, I thought this mm-hmm. week was also continues to be really good. It was a lot better than the first episode. Um, you know, I kind of like that origin story play out. And I like the fact that they told you that it's not the bracer that's giving her the power in this one. Like she has latent mutant powers in her somewhere. And the bracelet was just kind of like a focal point for her to bring her powers out. Yeah, um, they kind of did so, like yeah. what they did with Wanda for the Tesseract and stuff where it's like she had the power all along and it just kind of awoke it within her. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, I, d- I did like seeing like the platforms and like her being able to kind of get a handle on the power a little bit more. That was kind of cool. So yeah, I'm all I'm all for it. I'm I'm in on on Miss Marvel. I like it a lot. And and then right. uh, I'm back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say and Zach, what did you think of the new Jurassic Park? Um it was better than Fallen Kingdom for sure. But my it's still just kind of a bummer of a movie, to be honest. Like, I mean, I I love it because my son loves it so much. Like, it goes hard on the dinos, and 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 he was very happy for it for that reason. But so here's the problem, Shannon. Do you care if I go into the plot at all? Okay. Nope. So this movie named Jurassic World is about locusts eating crops and uh, them trying to figure out where the locusts came or get proof that Biosyn, who is now taking control of all the dinosaurs um, is created the locusts to destroy non Biosyn crops and uh, control the world's food supply. But in, but the, but the locusts have gotten out of control and are basically going to bring around extinction because they're going to eat all the food. Um, and yeah, that's the plot of the movie. And the dinosaur stuff that happens is completely inconsequential. Like there are some insane, cool, insanely cool dinosaur set pieces. Like the, the motorcycle chase, uh, with the atrociraptors is rad. Um, man, that actress though. That's controlling the atrociraptors. <laughs> that's the other thing. Uh, and Justin, I'll see if you agree with me on this. There is some rough acting in this movie. Like there is some rough with multiple F's acting in this movie. Like um, Dr. Henry Wu, who's usually a badass in, in all of these movies, like comes across ice cold and really cool, has to like emote in this movie. And it does not go well for Dr. Henry Wu when, when emoting is happens. It's like, man, what are you? No, like, bro, this is not your strong suit. This is not your wheelhouse dog. Like you can't pretend to cry. Like what is, oof, (laughs) oof. Um, But yeah, so like the Atrociraptor scene was rad. The whole like underground uh, market where people are buying and selling dinosaurs is really good. Um, There's a, uh, you know, they, they get so and that's my other problem. I'm sorry. I'm very, very streaming conscious right now. That's one of my other problems is like you're sold. I feel like we were sold a bill of goods, like going into this movie. It's the T-Rex at the movie theater, right? Like it's uh, the the attack in the in the natural 
are in the campsite, you know, like with the Allosaurus and all this stuff. And it's like, oh shit, dinosaurs out in the world. Like humans are going to have to deal with all this craziness. And yeah, they kind of wrap it up in 10 minutes in the beginning of like, and then Biosyn collected them all and brought them to Italy in this mountain range. And that's where they all live now. And it's like, so they made another Jurassic park in Italy, I guess. Okay. Like, sure. All right. And, um, yeah. And then once they get there, you know, there's a cool scene with Quetzalcoatlus and the Pyroraptors and the, and Giganotosaurus, which is rad. Um, but like, I don't know, like the, the dinosaurs themselves don't assist the plot in any way. Like they really don't. And, and that was just kind of a bummer. Like they're rad. Action sequences are cool, but like, I want a Jurassic Park movie. I don't want fucking locusts. What are we talking? And also, also, right? Okay. There is one company left. There is one, <laughs> like, Biosyn is the one company left that fucks with this shit. Like, Engine is long gone, right? These locusts, Shannon, are 18 fucking inches long <laughs> and, like, this big. They look like they walked out of, like, your son's dinosaur book, like, of <laughs> shit crawling around in the Cretaceous, right? Uh-huh. And they're sitting there like, we gotta prove where these things came. Bitch, where do you think they came from? There's one company out there that's doing this shit. Like, of course. <laughs> no, no one's out in their backyard in Iowa throwing together a genetics lab to create super-powered locusts. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> come on. What are we doing? Like, I like, thought you were gonna say the like the plot of the movie is that like this company created the locusts and then they brought in the dinosaurs to kill the locusts. <laughs> I thought, to be honest, I 100% thought that's where it was going to go for mm-hmm. a while because because at some point the uh, the Steve Jobs of Biosyn decides, okay, we'll we'll burn all the locusts we have here, like just to cre- get rid of all the evidence. Except, guess what? These locusts don't die. Now they're just on fire. <laughs> like flying around in the forest and like killing everything. <laughs> and, but, but because they're on fire flying around, like all the meat eating dinosaurs are like, Oh, this is sweet barbecue. Nice. <laughs> and they just start chomping on all the locusts. So that's what I thought. Th- that's what I thought we were going to get the light bulb moment of like, oh, why don't we just release all these dinosaurs out and to eat all the locusts? But no, it's, you know, genetic bullshit. That doesn't make sense. That ends up defeating the locusts, but mm. Typical, typical Jurassic Park movie bullshit. So yeah, uh, Justin, your your thoughts? Was, was I wrong or out of pocket in any of that? No, like it's just funny because I didn't like the thing about it being like more focused on the. I didn't really think about that until you brought it up, and then it mm. made me kind of sad when that like realization did set in. <laughs> that that is, it is more about that, and the dinosaurs are kind of just a after I'm, like they're. Just, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break the glass for you on that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I did, like you said, I did enjoy the underground. I like the pilot chick. I thought she was funny, like throughout all of it stuff when her and Chris Patter in the plane. He's like, "Well, what do we do now?" And she's like. Well, uh, you just put on your fucking seatbelt and we're going to try and land this fucking thing. That's yeah. what you do. Like, that's all. We're going to crash this plane into the ground is what we're going to do. She's like, you see that water over there? Yep. There we go. Like, uh, so I really liked that. I did think it was funny that they uh, retconned the girl. That They're like, oh, no. Yeah. I'm not just a clone of dead daughter because grandpa was lonely. Like, no, no. I was actually born. 
Like, and so they tried to fix that because a lot of people fucking hated that. Mm-hmm. So they're like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, you are technically her clone, but she technically gave birth to you and genetically changed all your DNA to get rid of this. So you're technically almost like an entirely different person at this <laughs> point. So I thought that was kind of funny that they backpedaled that. Um, you're right, though. The, the chick with the laser, I mean, could could have been anybody could have been a yeah. piece of cardboard that pointed <laughs> it like her face is very annoying i did not like looking at her longer than i, I had I kinda, to i i liked her face in that like she's such an obvious villain face yeah you know like yes she did have that very like sleek villain like she's just stay like when the they were delivering her and she's just standing by the car wearing the like gucci glasses and the yeah. all white just wait like didn't walk to the girl, didn't say anything. She just stand there waiting ominously as the wind's blowing. Um, I did. I was kind of, I was expecting, you know, like him to, I don't know, ride blue again or do, do something with mm-hmm. blue. And it was kind of sad that, you know, I mean, it was cute. I loved beta. Um, yeah. Baby, we, baby blue is rad. Yeah. We did immediately, you know, go to target after the movie and get dinosaur merchandise. of <laughs> beta which is i'm sure what they were going for this this is why you're my son's favorite by the way (laughs) um so like overall like i said i did enjoy it i did like you know the basically the old with the new they did make a lot of references to the very first jurassic park movie which is pretty funny where like uh, do you know the electric fences in Jurassic Park? He's yeah. like, uh, yeah, I know the electric fences in Jurassic <laughs> Park. So, and like the shaving cream can and stuff like they had. I thought one of my favorite scenes is, uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum when he's trying to enter the code and he's like, no one told me there was going to be a code. And he's yeah. just trying all the different numbers and the one dude puts it in and he thinks he got it. And he's like, oh, hey, guess what? That was it. <laughs> he <laughs> thinks he solved it. And it's like, no, you guys literally were dead if this dude didn't fucking put the code in at the right time. Yeah, that was really funny. Um, but no, like, and that was the thing is I think they waited too long to get to the, the reunion, you know, mm-hmm. like, it was great seeing Alan Grant and, and all those guys like back together and like, you know, Ian Malcolm and Grant going back and forth and all that, like it was rad, you know, like Sattler kind of just trying to keep the peace, but also like actually do some shit, you know, at the same time, like it was, that was, it was great having that chemistry back on screen. Like, and it, and it really works. Like when they're there, it really works. And you know, the, one of my favorite parts, uh, my wife's favorite part of the movie was when, uh, when when Malcolm meets up with them, and uh, with Chris Pratt and and uh, Bryce Howard, and they've got Henry Wu with them, and he's like, "Oh God, not you! Like what? Yeah. What you?" And then like, and at this point, uh, Owen Grady has Beta like strapped to his back, and he's like, "And you? You have a dinosaur on your back? Like what is like what? Is, like and Malcolm's like at a total loss, and he's like, yeah." I made a promise to to its mom. He's like, you made a promise to a dinosaur. dinosaur. <laughs> like, it's just one of those like, you just see like Malcolm just be like, fuck, whatever, dude. Like, we gotta go. <laughs> like, it was of, but it was just this was a great like, 
it was it was probably the best piece of physical acting in the whole movie was just like his whole body just being like i don't even know what to do <laughs> yeah no i love like all job. the jeff goldblum scenes and stuff like when he's like on the radio telling her like how to shut down the power he's like he's like it's it's either three down or four up and she's okay wait he's like, I, I can't be any more specific to you about what <laughs> he's like oh uh is like e4 or whatever it's like my numbers like, why didn't you fucking just say that to begin with right <laughs> but no, i i think it's it's fine it's fun um it's one of those it it's just a bummer because they they had the material there to kind of like fix the sins of fallen kingdom instead they kind of doubled down on some of them in some weird ways you know well yeah and it is kind of weird that you know they, at the end of that they did set up like you know oh dinosaurs out in the wild like whatever and we didn't really get like and people are like, oh, dude, it's going to be so crazy in the next one, you know, because it's like really they just kind of brush over it. And it's like, yeah, yeah no, that like stuff does exist. And it's just kind of normal now. And it's like, no, I wanted the like weeks later of chaos ensuing and totally. stuff, not the people feeding like little dinosaurs like pigeons at the park and stuff because they're just <laughs> accustomed to it at this point. I mean, they literally kind of just after the initial setup scene, they basically just go four years later and then you're like okay we're moving on it's like wait what like huh um but no i i oh the other the other character i wanted to to bring attention to was uh ramsey who was kind of like the the evil dude the evil head guy's assistant um who's showing the doctors around initially that that character was great like i want a whole movie with just that dude like he was rad um it was one of those guys kind of like a double agent type of dude and uh, playing, playing chess while everyone out there is playing checkers, you know, that, that type of setup. And he, he killed it. Like he was great. Him and the pilot were both fantastic ads. Yeah. I was like, I even liked the, uh, the Steve jobs dude, especially in the beginning when he shows up and he's like talking and kind of stops mid sentence. Do you have any, I'm like people, like those people are really like that. That's how they fucking talk. They just stop mid sentence. (laughs) Not a care in the world. Like, do you have food? No, okay, and then just, like, fucks off. It's like, yeah. that, that's exactly how those, like, really smart, like, whatever fucking people that are just, like, mid to not a care in the fucking world will just as, stop. As someone that has worked in and around, like, very high-level VCs in the Silicon Valley, those guys are a thousand percent exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. so he nailed that, like, that type of person. I was, like, laughing because I was just like, dude, I've seen so many of those people, and that is exactly how they talk, and that's exactly how they act. Right, 100%. But uh, no, it, oh, and Shannon, you'll appreciate this uh, minor, major spoiler here. But uh, the the big bad guy of Biosyn is Dotson from the original Jurassic Park movie, where Nedry's like, no Dotson, we got Dotson way. here." Yeah. Oh no way! It's, and it's really funny, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, so okay, Justin, Jurassic Park rankings start 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 at the bottom. I mean, like bottom one probably has to be was it Lost World? Like the the oh, actual you go Jurassic one? Jurassic Park two, yeah, the, as the worst one. Okay, I think so. Okay. And then I would put the second Fallen Kingdom, or I would put right okay. above it. Like okay. it, it's it's a close tie. Um, uh, and then probably. The I'd say the 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 first one of the new trilogy. 
Jurassic World. Okay. Yeah, okay. and then and then I would do the this one. Okay, Dominion. And then and then Jurassic Park three, and then Jurassic Park one. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so I would do Fallen Kingdoms the worst, and I think by like a country mile. Um, then I would go. Uh, then I might put Dominion. Then Jurassic Park 2, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park. Okay. So, so it's probably hmm, interesting. Interesting. Well, you guys debate that. Uh, I'll tell you, I saw uh, Buzz Lightyear. Um, oh, was that good? You know what? It's not a good kids movie. Oh, really? That's a bummer. It's, uh, my kids really want to see it. So. Yeah, so I'll tell you right now... Um, you kind of expect it to be a lighthearted, funny movie. And it is not funny. Uh, it has its action moments. It is depressing as hell. Mm. Um, but it is a Pixar computer. Like, you know, is it, it's a Pixar animated film about Buzz Lightyear. So what they do to uh, kind of retcon the whole like situation is like they basically say in the movie Toy Story... Andy, uh, one of his uh, favorite toys is a Buzz Lightyear action figure. The Buzz Lightyear action figure is based off of a movie, and this is that movie. So basically, they're saying that this is the movie that is in the universe of Toy Story that the action figures are based off of. Okay. So first of all, I'm already like, okay, well, why is Chris Evans voicing it when, you know, uh, you know, Tim the Toolman Taylor is is doing the voice of you know the action figure. There's gonna be a little price, baby. I know Sevens is way too expensive. They just paid Tim Allen and Coke. So so I'm just saying there's that, you know, split first off, right? So Do they explain that though at all in the movie? No, no, (laughs) they don't. So um so basically what happens is like they're on this they're a science crew and then like of course uh Buzz Lightyear is on the security detail for the science crew. And uh, they're in a deep hypersleep while the ship is going from whatever planet they're on back to their home world of Earth. Um, they wake up in the middle, uh, or like a, a Buzz Lightyear is woken up uh, in the middle of their trip back because the computer's like, look, um, we know you're going back to Earth, but there's this planet over here that's showing signs of life. Nobody's gone to it yet. Do you want to go there? He says, um, you know, we're an exploration crew. Sure, let's do it. They go to this planet, they land, he doesn't wake anybody up, but somehow his like uh, other like head of security wakes up and like follows him outside. He, um, you know, is kind of scouting the planet around, um, doesn't really see anything super exciting while he's having a a talk with his co-captain because she kind of ambushes him out in the wild. And says like, hey, like, why didn't you bring the rookie along? She woke up the rookie, the rookie's out there with him. Um, they're having a dialogue about like, you know, the whole like I work alone kind of thing. The Buzz Lightyear, you know, typical. I'm like the hero of this thing. I work alone. Uh, if nobody else can do it, um, I'm the one that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they're having this argument, like the vines are kind of in like are the, the vines are the things that are alive on the planet because they can't find any signs of life. And the vines like start to hold down the ships and try to suck the people into the planet. So they're like, we need to get back to the ship. 
they try to get back to the ship. Um, when they get there and they take off, um, some of the vines are holding him down and change the trajectory of the ship. So when he actually breaks free of the, the vines and he's taking off, the ship clips a ravine and rips off their hyperdrive from the bottom of the ship. Seems like a very poor design. Um, <laughs> but uh, they crash and then they're stuck on the planet because the hyperdrive crystal broke and they need to re-engineer a new one and they have no technology to do it. So they get marooned on this planet and they're going to uh, figure out a way to get back home, making their own hyperdrive uh, fuel source. So to test it, um, Buzz Lightyear is like, well, I got us into this mess. I'm going to be the one to test it because if anything bad happens, at least I get my comeuppance for marooning everybody on this planet. So he takes off, flies around the sun, comes back. The hyperdrive doesn't work, um, but it gets him to like 60% of the speed that they need. He comes back, he lands, and everybody is older, and he's like, what happened? And they're like, you've been gone for four years. And so you know, the scientists are like, so it looks to me like every time you take off to you, it's only like four minutes. But for us, it's four years on this planet. Um, so he proceeds to be like, well, screw you guys. I'm going to keep going on this. Pl- I'm going to keep trying to get us home. And that's what my mission is. So that's what I'm going to do. So he basically just keeps blasting off in his spaceship. He probably does it like 20 times. <laughs> So everybody that was on the planet with him originally that he was trying to get home, he basically like kills <laughs> or I mean, doesn't kill. But like, I mean, they're just aging on this planet while they're waiting for him to come back because, you know, he's just like, whatever. He's like, we don't have time to think about this. Like we we need to get back to Earth. So like instead of like refining the solution, let's just give me the next viable sample and I'll just take off and see if that works. Um, so he's kind of a selfish jerk. Um, and he doesn't really change that mentality too much because like eventually he's like 120 years in the future, uh, from when he landed. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's when kind of like the rest of the story takes off. Um, and I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but like I, it was, it was an hour and 47 minutes movie, right? Like, so less than two hours, like, but my son who wanted to go see the movie about an hour in was like, I've seen all I need to see. Like, <laughs> so, like we I, is when's the Minions movie coming out? Can we watch yeah, the Minions movie right? now? And so, um, so yeah, I mean, we we stuck around for the whole movie. Like, we just kind of let him. Like, we had the whole back row to ourselves because we just, we didn't do the Dolby digital. We just did the digital one. So like, there wasn't a lot of people in the movie theater, and like, we got our tickets like super early in the morning. So we got like the matinee prices and everything. So he was happy with his popcorn and his icy and just kind of like chilling and running around and using the heated seats. Uh, and then I basically finished watching the movie. Um, I mean, I don't know how much of it you want me to spoil. Um, no, except I'll probably, I'll probably end up seeing it. So, but yeah, so I mean, the, the, that's basically like the key points of it. I'm not ruining much for you at that point. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a, it's not the movie that you expect. Uh, so I would temper your expectations. It's not funny. Um, the characters, um i found most of them to be annoying um there's no real um like none of the characters get better at what they do you know like that Mm -hmm. ragtag group of people that you see that like buzz lightyear teams up with they're pretty much the same all the way through. Like none of them really get better. Buzz Lightyear really doesn't do anything to help them get better until like the very end when they're kind of all struggling to get off of the same place at the same time. 
Um, so yeah, it doesn't really, it, it, I think it misses the mark. Right. So I was bummed. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting when I saw the trailer, I'm like pretty bold to just rip off, you know, interstellar's entire plot. <laughs> Like with the big strand, like oh, I'm um, like in the future. I'm like that's literally the plot of Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Like, you just adapted a kid's version of Interstellar, basically. Yeah, it's like Pixar needs to do that, like one thing where like they ripped your heart out and try to stomp it on the floor, and like this time, like they you see it coming before it happens, and so you're just like, oh, okay, well, on to the next story beat. Gotcha. <sighs> Well, all right then, guys. Holy crap, we're two plus hours. We have done a show tonight. Yeah, boys. All right. This uh, episode uh, brought to you by Flexrol. <laughs> the, the chatty Shannon. Um, <laughs> Justin, why don't you go ahead and uh, put Shannon out of his misery so he can lay back down? Please. You know what, guys? <laughs> Thank you, guys. For, for sticking in special, special long edition of the That Pixel Life podcast. You know, we, we mentioned it in the show. You know, you want to be an insider on it? Go down to Discord. You know, lots of fun conversations happen in Discord. I added a bunch of new emojis. Latest one, one of my favorites, a PS1 Haggard Zach. It's a <laughs> instant classic in the Discord. Instant classic, yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's over the moon, you can tell. Um <laughs> And if, you know, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to Spotify? Let us know how you think we're doing. You know, leave, leave your boys a review. And, uh, you know, Zach, if uh, Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? Robbie would say, hey, guys, go be great. And don't take a hard poop on the toilet because you're throwing it back out.